Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. We are one day earlier on the WSN podcast on a Tuesday as opposed to our normally scheduled Wednesday, but looking to get this out before the holiday weekend. And also, this is a special edition of the WSN podcast as we're going to preview the upcoming boys basketball season. Obviously, the football state championships wrapped up last week. Uh, all kinds of information you can find on WSN for those. Hopefully, folks got a chance to check it out on TV. But we will be getting into hoop season full bore going forward. And of course, I'm Travis Wilson, the general manager at Wisports.net. And joining me today to talk about the boys basketball season is our boys basketball writer and WBCA Hall of Famer, Mark Miller. Mark, we get games underway tonight. Is it uh, always a relief, I imagine, to get the season finally underway after so much buildup, so much preparation, getting things ready to go? It is. It's always a special day of the year. And, um, you know, a lot of a lot of kids have been working very hard on their game over the over the fall and trying to get ready for this for this season, which kicks off tonight. We got our full schedule of games up on Wisports.net under boys basketball and scores. And, uh, you know, now they get to show what they what they've uh, accomplished in terms of getting stronger and improving their skills and, and hopefully getting quicker and, and better. Uh, and, uh, you know, season gets underway tonight and it's uh, there's no hiding now. Every stat counts, and uh, uh, you know every every uh, every game counts. So, uh, be very interesting to see how things uh, shake out this year. There's a lot of good teams and a lot of good players as usual, and uh, very much looking forward to seeing how the season uh, unfolds. You're right. No, no more places to hide. No more hiding behind. Well, we did well in this summer tournament, or we did well in this fall league, or we didn't. We didn't do well in this summer tournament because we had our, our, our best kids were gone at an AAU thing. Uh, no more conjecture. It's all going to be settled on the court over the next, what, four or five months here as we head into the course of a busy and exciting 2019-2020 high school boys basketball season in Wisconsin. We're going to dive through a number of different topics today on this edition of the WSN podcast. We'll get into a kind of a division by division walkthrough uh, in just a moment to take a look at some of the top teams, top um, you know individual players in each division. But we're going to take kind of a high level look at some things as well, some of the bigger topics that are going on in high school basketball. And we're going to dive right into uh, one of the more controversial right off the bat, and that is the continued uh, movement of players in state and out of state, including a pretty significant talent exodus this year with some of the top level players in the state of Wisconsin going to out of state programs, uh, prep schools and, and academies and things like that. Mark, this is a conversation that we've had for quite a few years now. It seems like every year on, on our podcast, we've talked about it and uh, there's been a lot of talk about it around the state, but uh, it, it hasn't slowed down. It hasn't, uh, you know, gotten any better. Um, it only, you know, depending on your perspective, I guess, it's only gotten worse with more and more kids moving. And obviously, some really elite kids, some of the highest rated kids that we've had ever in the state of Wisconsin moving to out of state. Michael Foster from Milwaukee, Washington, Jalen Johnson from Nicolay, uh, and then, of course, a number of in-state transfers, Braden Daly moving from Mineral Point to Cuba City, and some other kids moving around. Where are we at with this whole player movement thing? Um, you know, is is it going to continue to increase, do you think? And for the high school coaches out there, are, are they at the point where they just don't really care much anymore because 
everybody's kind of getting involved in it and and you know i i can't complain about it because next year i might have a kid move in is that kind of the the mindset of a lot of coaches around the state right now no i think the coaches do care very very strong uh very strongly about the situation um and you know depending on on where things land with their particular program uh, they're either happy or, or upset right now, and and I think the the biggest question uh, I wrote about it just briefly in our in the ABCs last week on on the article I wrote um, for, of high school basketball uh, is the lack of transparency, and and sometimes uh, that it has to be that way, you know, because these are private matters, and and kids move from one way, one place to the next, but. You know, having this this transfer rule that's in place now in Wisconsin, probably for the last I don't know eight to ten years now, I think that I think it needs to be tweaked a little bit. Um, you know, you look across at other states, uh, Illinois. I mean, kids are transferring for their senior year and gaining immediate eligibility without moving, going from one public to another or a private to a public or public to a private. You know, and they gain immediate eligibility. And our kids here in Wisconsin, that that isn't the case. Um, obviously if you transfer after the start of your sophomore year without a legitimate family move, uh, you're supposed to sit for a year. Now you can appeal that. And sometimes the appeals work and sometimes they don't. And of course we don't have the information that the WI has pertaining to the, um, extenuating circumstances surrounding a particular transfer. But I, I do think, and I even tweeted about it today. I, I think maybe a, a tweak of the rule, uh, to have a, a, a transfer student sit out a semester. So let's say you're a sophomore and, and you just want to change, um, uh, you know, in terms of a, a school that you're attending or for whatever reason, it could be a hundred different reasons why kids transfer. It could be sports related. I mean, obviously everyone thinks that that's the number one reason and sometimes it is, but there are other factors involved. I, I think a, a sitting out of a semester. So in other words, if you finish your sophomore year at a particular high school and then transfer to a new high school, uh, without a family move or with a family move, it doesn't matter, I guess. Um, uh, you need to sit a semester and then you can play the second semester. I think that's a, a penalty that makes people really think about whether or not they want to transfer and what the reasons are for it. And yet it also gives them some light at the end of the tunnel that if they're really miserable in the situation that they're in, they can transfer. They will have to sit like in basketball, for example, you wouldn't be eligible uh, to, uh, until the start of the second semester, depending on when that is at your particular school. Um, you know, if a family moves from a location across town to another, you know, sometimes that's just to kind of skirt the rules. Now, if they move from, you know, one location 100 miles away, that's a totally different story. But I think uh, I think that, uh, you know, the questions that you brought up, Travis, uh, uh, kind of lead us to the to, to the you know maybe re-examining the rule a little bit and saying you know okay there, there's questions people aren't happy you know some people are wondering why this kid's eligible and this other kid isn't eligible what if we tweak the rule to make it one semester which would still you know in some sports it would it would potentially cost them the whole year um, like for football for example if you transfer after your sophomore year and you're a football player well you would miss that whole junior season because that's all part of the first semester. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if it's any worse. I think it's 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 consistent. Obviously, these prep schools that have that have started up throughout the country are, are taking away, if you want to call it that, um, you know, really good players from from states all across the the United States. And you know, for a kid like Jalen Johnson and Jamari Sibley, you know, two of the, our best uh, 2020 prospects, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to argue against their move because you know Jalen 
you know, he's going to uh, IMG Academy. I mean, they, that's like basically a, a Division One college basketball program with the talent they have and the schedule they play. I mean, obviously it hurts, uh, you know, fans in our state who want to watch Jalen play and, and, and all that. But, you know, for every Jalen Johnson that leaves, I guess there's others that stay like, like Patrick Baldwin Jr. at Sussex Hamilton. Um, but, you know, these prep schools have certainly changed the landscape of high school basketball, not only in Wisconsin, but across the United States. And um, unfortunately, they, you know, are, are fortunately, depending on your point of view, they're, they're here to stay. So you just got to kind of live with it. And, and you know, if a, if a student athlete decides that that's the best route for the goals that they want to achieve, you have to tip their cap to them and, and say good luck to them. And and then unfortunately for the for the kids left behind there, they they have to, you know, fill new roles. Then. So um, I'm not sure if it's any better or worse. I think it's very consistent to where we've been over the last five to seven years. And uh, it'll probably be the same, you know, as we look at it 12 months from now. That's that's all a topic we could devote. What? Uh, one one podcast a week. Uh, two for every week during the season and still not have an answer and still not have, uh, you know, a lack of things to talk about. So it it will, uh, it'll be interesting to watch how things play out. As you said, you know, what impact that's going to have going forward, what impact some of the transfers will have this year. Uh, You did just post today that uh, Braden Daly from Mineral Point uh, that had transferred to Cuba city. There were some question marks about his eligibility for this season, but uh, he has been declared eligible by the WIAA. Um, any updates on uh, another pretty notable transfer that I think was still waiting for uh, a decision or clearance, perhaps, and that would be Desmond Polk, who is uh, who's now enrolled at Catholic Memorial. Any update on that status? Yeah, in Braden's case, just to go back to that real quick, you know, obviously he he finished out his sophomore year school year at Mineral Point and then moved with his father to. Platteville, um, and uh, had tried to open enroll, and he did open enroll to Cuba City in terms of being a student in the fall. But the WI declared him ineligible uh, under those circumstances. Well, since that was since that ruling, uh, the family, uh, the father, has moved and purchased a home in Cuba City. So now they are living within the the school district boundaries, and that's why the change in his eligibility status uh, came down uh, yesterday. As far as Desmond Polk is concerned, you know, he played his first two years at New Berlin West, then transferred to Nicolet for a couple weeks last year at the start of the school year, and then uh, was declared ineligible by the WI because they didn't uh, see a legitimate family move, quote unquote. He was living with dad uh, originally, um, and dad lives in the in the New Berlin district, um, and then was moving going to move in with mom who lived in the Glendale Nicolet district, but I, apparently something got messed up there that they, they didn't... Uh, see that happening. So he, uh, instead of sitting out his entire junior year, he transferred to Lalamere uh, Prep School in Indiana and attended school there and played basketball there as a junior. Uh, he got homesick and wanted to come back. Um, and he had some friends at Catholic Memorial, did not want to go back to New Berlin West for whatever reasons, family reasons. Um, and uh, he started the school year off at, at CMH was declared ineligible, and as far as I know at this point, that's that's where things continue to stand. Um, and I know they're appealing, but uh, uh, my guess is that uh, he might have a little bit more difficult time uh, gaining eligibility at CMH, um, just because uh, the circumstances are different, I guess, than than what Daly encountered. But you know, there's other guys out there too that are waiting for 
for clearance to play. So within the MPS, uh, the city conference and so forth. So, um, you know, you just kind of almost have to look at the box scores to see if a kid's playing uh, in some of these circumstances. With, uh, with Polk at, at CMH, um, where, where are things at as far as, you know, in his recruiting process, I mean, all this movement and the fact that he's not playing as a senior, yeah, that's, that's gotta impact some things, right? Well, it does. You know, I think a lot of college coaches would obviously like to see Desmond play and, and, and certainly Desmond would love to play. Um, and I think in situation, uh, you know, uh, I think sitting out a semester, I go back to that change. I, I think, you know, that would be, uh, that would be fair if you want to, if you want to change it from semester to let's say half the season, that way, you know, if a kid's a big football player, he has to sit, you know, four and a half games out of a nine game schedule. Um, I, I think that would make some sense too. Um, you know, but to make him sit the whole year, uh, without the opportunity to showcase what he can do, um, you know, to, for college coaches, uh, and, 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 you know, just to give the kids some, um, some light at the end of the tunnel and some hope. Uh, I think, I think that those are, are changes that could be made. I, I hope they look at that. You know, I, I'm just a writer in, in Madison. So I, you know, I have no pull in any of that, but, um, I, I would hope that maybe some people on the Wisconsin basketball coaches association, uh, advisory committee and same with football and the other sports, if they could maybe take a look at, at trying to give these kids, uh, at least some option, not, not that certainly, you know, we don't want to have widespread transfers like you see in Illinois where kids are moving around from school to school year to year and forming powerhouse teams. But, you know, so there's gotta be some penalty. I get that. But, uh, in Desmond's case, you know, missing uh, his entire senior year, uh, is going to impact his recruiting. There's no question about it. I mean, uh, you know, if you're a college coach and have scholarships to give, you want to see what a kid can do. How does he play? What can he bring to our program? And, if he's sitting on, on the bench and not able to play, you know, you have no idea. So it's a very difficult situation. One other situation I, I wanted to check with you on um, somewhat in, in that context is regarding uh, Jeff Brazio, who had played at Milwaukee Bradley Tech last year as a freshman. The top ranked player in the 2022 class had transferred to Milwaukee Madison. But then, as you had tweeted a few weeks back, not going to play this year. Not going to play basketball this year for uh, for a school. So, yeah, um, you know, is that a situation where he's saving himself for AAU or any context to what's happening there? Which uh, you know, it, of all the things that we've seen over the years, that has to rank up there as one of the most uh, you know interesting and, and confusing. I guess is a good way to put it. You know, I think for people outside the, uh, the city of Milwaukee, it's it's very confusing because here you got a kid ranked number one in his class in the entire state who's, you know, got the ability to play at the Division One level, who's decided uh, not to play his high school season. Um, you know, I, I, I tried calling the mother um, and, uh, you know, really didn't get a call back. So I, I, I respect their privacy. It's their decision. Uh, I, I don't know the family situation in terms of what Jeff's score or, you know, why he has decided not not to play. I asked uh, his high school coach and, and you know, he, he confirmed that he was not playing, but, um, you know, pretty much gave me his mother's uh, telephone number and said, please uh, contact her. And I understand that too, because, uh, you know, there's privacy issues here involved that, uh, that, you know, I just hope the best for the young man and that it works out uh, whatever he decides to do in the future. I, I don't think the AAU saving for AAU uh, it, my hunch is that that's not the reason. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm thinking, you know, here's a kid that probably loves to play and would love to go out there and show what he can do. 
playing at uh, Milwaukee Madison. So um, I I really doubt that uh, that that's the reason. All right. Well, let's move on uh, to some actual basketball talk because it's much better. It's much more uh, interesting and more what we would like to uh, to talk about is the actual on court stuff. So. What are some of the other big storylines as we enter the year uh, outside of all the player movement and outside of, uh, you know, Johnson and Sibley leaving Nicolay, et cetera? What are some of the other bigger overarching storylines to watch this year in high school basketball in the state of Wisconsin? Right, right. Yeah, let's talk about the kids that are here and are playing, right? Um, you know, I think Lacrosse Central is probably would top my list as, as a storyline for this year. Just the fact that they've been to the state tournament uh, three years in a row, you know, won it to uh, uh, when Johnny and Jordan Davis were freshmen and then uh, got knocked out in two very emotional and, and close and uh, heartbreaking uh, semifinal games in Division II the last two seasons. And here you got a team now in Division II that's got two players that have signed with Wisconsin and Johnny and Jordan Davis and and another Terrence Thompson who has several Division I offers. So you got three Division I players on that on that team. Um, and they've, they've challenged themselves with a very, very good schedule this year, uh, including two games against on Alaska, a team within their own Mississippi Valley Conference. But I think watching Lacrosse Central and, and seeing how the Davis Twins uh, lead that squad, um, you know, who's going to beat them? Uh, they play an exciting brand of basketball. They get up and down the floor and, you know, Johnny can really attack the basket and is, is nearly impossible to stop. Uh, when he gets ahead of steam going downhill to the rack. And then, you know, Jordan's a really good defender who has improved uh, his overall ability as a player. So I think that certainly would be a storyline to watch. Uh, if fans are looking for a team to really uh, latch on to this year, I would say Lacrosse Central would be at the top of the list, along with Sussex Hamilton, who I ranked number one preseason in the, in the basketball yearbook in Division One. Uh, certainly they have the best player in the state and one of the best prospects in the country in Patrick Baldwin Jr., Six uh, nine uh, there who is as cerebral as they come. I mean, he just does whatever it takes to win, whether that's passing, rebounding, uh, setting screens, making shots, scoring off the bounce, um, defending at a very high level, blocking shots. I mean, he he pretty much can do it all, and he does it in such a, a low key. Uh, manner, um, which is kind of unusual in this day and age. Usually, when a kid's that good, they they kind of want people to know about it. But uh, I, I just think he's he's a tremendous all around player. And the thing the thing about Patrick is he's surrounded by really good players. Uh, Carson Smith just just uh, uh, signed a Division two scholarship to go to Northern Michigan. Lucas Finnessy is a is a excellent, as you know, Travis, all around athlete, very good on the football field. In addition to bringing his strength and toughness to the basketball court. And, and JT Hoytink is a, is a starter at point guard who's got a lot of experience. So, uh, you know, they, they, they have a, a very, very deep and, and talented squad. So, I, you know, outside of those uh, lacrosse central and Sussex, I, I think the race in the, in the greater Metro, which has uh, taken over as the number one conference in the state of Wisconsin is going to be fun to watch when you get Brookfield East and Brookfield central and Wauwatosa East and Marquette, Menominee falls, uh, all, trying to uh, knock Sussex Hamilton off that top throne. I mean, it's just a, a league that has so many good players and so many good coaches that it's a, it's a battle every night. Um, among uh, the other divisions, uh, you know, I think uh, Division Three. I, I wrote about this a little bit too, uh, the top three teams in the preseason are all in the same half of their sectional. Um, and again, I think that's something maybe the WI could take a look at, particularly when those three teams are in a huge population area where – 
you could split them up. And and those teams are Racine St. Catharines, Delafield St. John's, and East Troy. Uh, all three are experienced and have uh, scholarship level kids. And um, you know it's going to be a, a war just to see who which of those two three uh, make the sectional. And only one of those three obviously can can advance to the sectional final. Cuba City, obviously, with with Daly now back uh, eligible, is is going to be a handful in Division Four. Um, although Milwaukee Academy of Science certainly has has two kids who have signed Division One scholarships: Kaleem Taylor to Milwaukee, Darius Hanna to Bradley, and they have some very uh, good underclassmen there as well. So that's going to be exciting to watch. And then in Division Five, you know, Sheboygan Lutheran is a defending state champion, and they're they're very very good. They did lose two double figure scores to graduation. So, you know, there are some other teams. Well, Zika Steuben's probably got the best team they've had ever. Um, and, and then Bangor is, you know, just like on the football field, they're very, very good in basketball with some really good athletes. And Blair Taylor, uh, one, of the, one of the small communities in Wisconsin that continues to draw incredible crowds wherever they play. I'm always amazed when I watch Blair Taylor, even on the road, how many people that uh, follow that team. Um, and, and Randy Storley's got a really good team this year. So um, those are some of the storylines that we'll be watching. Of course, others will develop. Quan Jackson at Lifelong Learning's got a chance to move into the top five all-time scorers in the state history. Uh, of course, he puts up crazy numbers uh, for his team, and I'm sure that will be the case once again this year. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. All right. So let's uh, let's go through each division. And, and you Kind of did a, uh, a nice high-level preview of each of uh, each of the divisions, but give me your preseason take on the best team, uh, the the favorite to win state, and maybe that's the number one team in your preseason rankings. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's not. Um, but if you had to pick right now, who would be your favorite in Division One to hoist a gold ball? Well, it would be Sussex Hamilton. I just think you know when you have a, a player of the caliber of Patrick. Baldwin Jr. and, and the kids that, that are talented around him, uh, on paper at least, and, and certainly certainly that, that doesn't mean anything once you get on the court, but uh, on paper and heading into the season, uh, they have to be the team to watch. Uh, you know, I didn't even mention Tanner Resch or, or Nolan Ryder, two other really good players uh, at Sussex Hamilton in the junior class. So their depth is solid. They got four returning starters from a team that won 21 games. Uh, so they, on paper, they're the team to beat. You know, other teams I think that are are, are going to be really strong in Division One. I. I think Sun Prairie over here in the Madison area is going to be really strong. Um, although certainly they're going to get pushed uh, by Madison East and Madison La Follette, uh, possibly Madison Memorial. Uh, you know, the Big Rivers Conference has some really good players this year uh, and, and really good teams. Uh, Eau Claire North and Eau Claire Memorial and Chippewa Falls all have really good players. And then in Division Two, uh, River Falls has got uh, tremendous size and, and uh, scoring ability. So that league's going to be fun to watch. Um, and then, you know, West Dallas Central, they made it to state last year. No one was really looking for them to do much last year, and they made it to state. And they got some good players back from their team of a year ago. So, uh, and over in the FEA, you know, you you, you kind of look at the at some of the same uh, teams, the Kimberleys and Kakanas, and you know, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a surprise in there. Maybe Max Klesman at Nina can can lead his team to, you know, to a conference championship. So, um, it's a little more balanced, perhaps, in in, in the leagues outside of uh, the greater metro. You got uh, Sussex, you know, the, as the team you got to knock off. Um, but there's there's a lot of depth, you know, in the Valley Wisconsin Valley Conference too. I think Wisconsin Rapids and 
Merrill are both going to be really good. And then, you know, down in the Racine Kenosha area, um, you know, there's always talented players. Case has got a lot of really good young kids and Franklin's had some good success over the last few years. So, um, but I do think Sussex Hamilton without question is the team to beat in division one. So division two would seem to be the division perhaps with the, uh, the heaviest favorite, I, I think it would be a fair statement with lacrosse central, as you mentioned, uh, the Davis twins, Terrence Thompson, some other good kids coming back from, uh, from their group that has been very successful over the last few years. There's also been a lot of talent drain in division two with the, uh, the Nicolay kids leaving with Foster leaving at Milwaukee, Washington and Deontay long moving on. Um, you know, just not as much elite talent, which was probably pretty historic the last couple of years with some of those teams, as well as Kaukauna. But is there anybody that could challenge lacrosse central in division two this year? Oh, I think so. I think there's a handful of teams that are, that are, are able to challenge them, you know, uh, and, and make a very competitive game of it. Will they beat them? That's another question. But, you know, like I mentioned before, on Alaska is a very talented team. They have five starters back and they have a six eleven junior center that can block and alter shots and protect the rim. And they have a, a two seniors who are uh, in, in Tyrell Studley and Carson Arns who are returning first team all league players. I mean, that, this is a really good team. Sam Kick is a 6'2 junior point guard who who is one of the better juniors in the state. So uh, they'll likely play three times this year, twice in the league and, and most likely in the in the tournament. And, uh, you know, Craig Cowell is an excellent coach. And um, I, I think that on Alaska, right in their backyard, right down the road, is is a team that uh, is going to be one, if not the major uh, challenge to Lacrosse Central's bid to to win that Division II state title. Um, outside of on Alaska, you know, I think in the city conference, Bayview is going to be very good. Uh, a lot of people are, are thinking Bayview, uh, you know, that's not a name that you normally uh, associate with a, a, you know, with a city conference championship. You know, you're look, usually looking at Washington or King or one of those type teams. But uh, Coach Longley's got a really talented team back and he and he welcomes in some some very good newcomers. Um, the best player back for them is Shelton Williams Dryden. He he is a a, a six five uh, wing athlete who can defend and rebound and score. Uh, Khalil McCray Clark is also back for them, as is BJ Hintz. So they have three starters back from a team that won twenty one games last year, and the newcomers that they add all have size. Caden uh, Monroe is a six eight sophomore who transferred in. Uh, from Washington, uh, one of the better freshmen in the state, Colton Monroe, that's Caden's younger brother. He's six, 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 seven, very skilled can shoot and put it on the ground. He's, he's, he's going to play major minutes at Bayview. And then one, another one of the very best freshmen in the state, Simeon Murchison, a six, seven player joins the mix. So they, they add a, a six, eight, a six, seven, and a six, six, um, players to, to the three returning uh, starters. So um, Bayview's a team certainly that's going to contend for that city conference championship. Kakana is always dangerous. You know, you got some great uh, guard play there. Um, you know, the transfer they got from Ashwabanon, who's eligible immediately because he's a sophomore, uh, is going to really, uh, you know, team up with uh, Keaton Ferris and Logan Jed Wapney in their backcourt to, to make, uh, you know, 
Kakan on one of the uh, have the, one of the best guard tandems uh, in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, that sophomore that I was referring to is Chris Morgan. He's he's a six one um, point guard who played last year at Ashwaubenon and started for them. He has an offer from West Virginia. He's he's very dynamic with the ball. He really can handle it. Changes. Uh, he's very shifty. He can change directions really really quickly and is an outstanding passer. Um, and Jacob Newhouse in the post and, and also a guy capable of stepping outside and making jump shots is a guy that's a tough matchup for teams because of his ability to score in so many different ways. So I think Kokana is, is, an, is another team, you know, so that's three teams right there that I think could push um, uh, Lacrosse Central in Division Two. And, uh, you know, I mentioned River Falls. I think Pewaukee and Milwaukee Lutheran are a couple other teams. So um, certainly, just like Sussex in Division One, across Central is the team to beat. But there are teams capable uh, of doing just that. Um, um, but it'll, you know, if they lose, uh, you know, it certainly will be tweeted about <laughs> because uh, you know everyone's expecting them to go. Uh, I guess would that be twenty six or twenty seven and zero and win the state Division Two state championship? But easier said than done. So Division Three, and by the way, we're, of course, talking with Mark Miller, the boys basketball writer at Wisports.net. Uh, in Division Three, as you had mentioned earlier, you've got the top three teams in your rankings all in the same sectional. But what are some other teams uh, from outside of that grouping that could uh, could contend? You know, I uh, just want to mention real quickly to St. Cats, uh, St. John's Military, and East Troy, um, it, they all have really good players, are, are well-coached and uh, play a lot of basketball 12 months of the year, the kids on, the, on those teams. So um, those three teams, uh, you know, if they were in three different sectionals, I probably would favor all three of them to get to Madison, but they're not, they're in the same one. So, you know, that's the way it is. And they gotta, they gotta get better. And you know, one of them has got to emerge um, outside of those three. I, I think, uh, you know, Oosberg's uh, very happy that the WI placed them North instead of South where they don't have to run into those teams. Um, and uh, Kevin Brunick's got a really good team. He's got a lot of size, a lot of length, um, and a lot of skill and a lot of experience. Um, the depth on that team is incredible. Um, I, I think Oosberg is going to be a handful for anyone, including the top three teams, to, to handle. Um, and it's been a while since they've kind of been uh, on the statewide scene, you know, as a, a team people are talking about. But if you get a chance, Cam Yeager, a 6'3 senior, is, is is really good player. And I'm really high on Jonathan Heinen. He's about 6'6 junior, very athletic. Missed all of last season with an injury. I think he played maybe in parts of two games at the end of the year, but certainly wasn't healthy. Well, he's back healthy now. He gives them a whole new dimension because of his size, athleticism, and length. So I think Oosberg is certainly a team uh, that's going to have a couple of nice games uh, there with Sheboygan Lutheran um, in, uh, in that battle for the Big East uh, championship in their division. Um, outside of those two, Wisconsin Dells is another team that has a lot of size, a couple six eight guys. And, you know, Bryson Funmaker is back at point guard. And then Brett Hurst uh, is back as, a, as an all-conference wing player for them. I'm going to try to get to watch them in, at the JAG this week. This weekend, as they're they're going to go up against some good teams in a fourteen tournament there, but uh, uh, that's a Brad's got Brad Rowling's got a really good team there, um, and some other teams uh, across the state. You know, we saw Lake Country Lutheran in the football championship, and uh, many of those players are, are really good basketball players, including Luke Hurdle, the quarterback, is an outstanding sophomore basketball player. You know, Appleton Xavier they lost Gus Yeldon when they moved out of state, uh, and that was a blow, but they still have. Uh, 
four key guys back from uh, a team that won their sixth straight conference title last year. Beloit Turner's got some very talented players, outstanding quickness in the backcourt with Jordan Majid, DJ Wash. Uh, Wrightstown has uh, incredible depth. I mean, they can play 10 to 12 guys and not really lose a beat. And they play hard and have a lot of physical kids that really compete. And then Prescott, you know, they've had, all they've done is win uh, over the last seven or eight years. And Parker Nielsen, uh, who signed a D2 scholarship to West Texas A&M, he, he's back for his senior season. And he, he averaged 26 points a game last year. So uh, some, some very good teams in Division Four. Uh, as there are obviously, or excuse me, in Division Three, as there are obviously in the other five divisions as well. All right, time to move to Division Four. Uh, you talked about Cuba City and, and Braden Daly transferring in there, uh, giving Jerry Pettigrew, uh, the legendary head coach at Cuba City, another shot to get back to state. Milwaukee Academy of Science is your top-ranked team. Uh, who would be your pick in D four, and, and who are some of the other elite contenders there? Yeah, D4 is really good. Uh, you know, I look at it and I think, okay, they could win state. They could win state. You know, there's probably four or five teams that you think they got a chance to win state. And you mentioned the top two, Academy of Science and Cuba City. There's certainly two that are capable of it. I think Brookfield Academy is another one. Um, they have four outstanding players uh, that all have tremendous experience. Uh, Aiden Clary, the son of Pat Clary, he signed a D2 scholarship to Rockhurst. A uh, kid that can score in a lot of different ways and a very aggressive player. Uh, Max Kuhnert uh, is a junior who's probably going to be a scholarship player next year. Uh, Alex Leach is a 6'6 physical uh, brute in the post. And then Logan Landers is is the wild card for them. He's 6'8", 6'9", and can play inside and outside. Also a really good baseball player. Um, so, you know, they have size and, and, and they have guard play. Stratford, uh, you know, uh, lost one game last year, and that was their, you know, the sectional game. And uh, they got pretty much everyone back. Uh, so they're going to win a lot of games this year. You know, do they have enough guard play to get past uh, some of the teams that we mentioned already would be their question. But certainly with Barton and, and Bright in the post uh, and Bright's ability to play away from the basket, uh, Vaughn Bright, he's he's a really good player, four-year guy for Stratford. Um, you know, they're going to have size and, and strength and toughness that, that, uh, from their football team that will carry over to the basketball court and then mineral point, uh, you know, with Isaac Lindsay, uh, back for his fourth year going to UNLV, uh, and, and some other talented players. I think those are the top five and, and I think those five, uh, you know, certainly I wouldn't say are head and shoulders better than the other, but there might be a clear delineation between those five and then maybe another 20 schools that are pretty close in ability. Um, the Swalcom, obviously, with with Cuba City and Mineral Point and teams like Darlington and Fenimore will be fun to watch again this year. And all of those are our D4 schools as well. Uh, up north, Cribbits has a really good team. Uh, the question with them is, are they going to be challenged enough? Will they see enough competition night in and night out in the Marinette and O'Connell Conference? Uh, so when they get matched up with these teams that are, are playing really tough schedules, will they be able to survive? Uh, they've toughened up their non-league schedule a little bit to try to uh, to try to be prepared for the postseason. So we'll see if that works out uh, for Cribbits this year. And finally, Division Five, where I, I have to say I was a little bit surprised, perhaps, that Sheboygan Lutheran uh, was fourth in your uh, preseason top ten as the defending state champions, returning. Uh, I, I think most would agree the best player in the division, Jacob uh, Agnosevic, and then Casey Verhagen back as well after a very impressive state tournament run. 
um, but some uh, three smaller schools from uh, western or southwestern Wisconsin. Ahead of them, Wazika, Bangor, and Blair Taylor. Uh, who do you like in, in Division 5? Uh, or, or is it a pretty wide-open division, do you think? Well, I think it's fairly wide open. Um, you're not the only one that was surprised uh, where I put Sheboygan Lutheran. Um, I have a few emails and so forth from people wondering why that was the case. And, you know, they lost 27 points a game, almost 28 points a game in, in the graduation of Delvin Barnstable and Graben Grabowski. And, and they also lost about 15 rebounds a game. Um, or excuse me, about 10 rebounds a game. But the, the biggest thing about losing those two guys is when you covered up Jacob and when you Casey, those were the guys that killed you. And, you know, whether it was Barnstall hitting a big three from the corner or Grabowski getting a putback uh, opposite of, uh, of Jacob in the post, um, those were the baskets that really hurt opponents last year. I'm not saying that they can't be replaced because their JVs were 19 and 1 and their freshmen went 18 and 4. So Nick Verhagen, the coach at Sheboygan Lutheran, certainly has a lot of talent coming up. Um, but that was the reason that I put him four. I just thought, man, they really lost a lot um, in those two guys, even though, you know, two of their maybe their two best players are returning, including Agnosovic, who's going to Valparaiso on a D1 ride. Uh, but when you look at Wazika Steuben, um, you know, I think that uh, uh, obviously Carter Lomas is the guy that you, you, you think of right away and, and with good reason. Um, he just uh, committed to Winona State. Uh, but Gavin Ralph, a uh, 6'3 athletic junior, is another guy I think that uh, has potential to perhaps be a Division II scholarship player next year. And then another guy that's over, overlooked a little bit is, is Jake Reichman, and he is back uh, for his senior year as a starter. They won, they won 22, and, 22 and 2 last year, um, uh, and I, I just think that uh, they got bumped off uh, – uh, in the regionals, uh, in an upset on their home court by um, Southwestern, and I, I think that that game really opened their eyes to, man, we we even though we're winning the Ridge and Valley, we got to get better. Um, we we got to get our other guys better. We Carter's got to get better. Gavin's got to get better. And I think they really worked hard over the summer to do that. You know, are they head and shoulders better than Sheboygan Lutheran? Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, I think it's, uh, like I said before, maybe the best team they've ever had. They got a kid that's going D2, another that potentially could be a scholarship player next year. So, um, and a really good point guard. Um, so that's why I put them one. Banger uh, has two outstanding players. Um, obviously, everyone knows about Grant Mankey because he was around when they won the state championship a couple of years back. And he's a senior now. And even though he's likely to play football in, in college, he's one heck of a high school basketball player and a, and a true post player with incredible strength and is just really hard to stop. Uh, he's got really good feet and he's got good hands and he's got a nice soft touch around the basket. That's a tough. Uh, uh, those are tough things to to stop at the division five level. And then the guy that I think people are going to really be impressed with uh, this season is Zhang Langweir, um, who handles the ball a lot for them. He can play either guard position. He's got good size at about six, two, six, three, and can score, uh, you know, from deep in transition uh, off the dribble. But, but he compliments uh, Mankey for Bangor. They got two outstanding players there. Blair Taylor, I mentioned uh, earlier, they, they have all their guys back. Uh, from a team that won over 20 games last year, and uh, a player that is really good in all facets of the game in junior, Matt Weldera. He's 6'5", and can do uh, a lot of different things, whether it's handle the ball on the perimeter or post-up or rebound, you know, uh, match up against a, a wing or a post defensively. 
uh, just a solid all-around player. And then, you know, some of the other teams uh, um, in Division Five, uh, Randolph, uh, they lost their, their uh, very good player in, in Jake Roberts, but they have a lot of other guys back and some good young kids in the program. Uh, Thorpe has uh, two seniors who are, are very, very good and have lots of experience in Ethan Rice and Isaac Sumas. And then Barneveld, Wild Rose, Rib Lake, Houstisford are some other teams that I think people want to keep an eye on. Um, but I think D5 is pretty open. I think any number of the teams that we just talked about could could come away and win that state championship. All right. So there's Mark's look at each of the five divisions in the state of Wisconsin. Great stuff, as always. Mark, anything else that we need to add, talk about, throw in, mention before we uh, before we hit the road and get to the games uh, tonight? Yeah, I just I, I guess John Murphy's eight wins away from 600 for his career, the, the Seymour coach. And, um, you know, he's he's more than uh, likely going to get that this year. He's got a real solid team this year. Uh, and there's only been a handful of coaches that have won 600 games in the state. So that's a that's something that we'll, we'll certainly be writing about. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit when I was uh, talk. I did a story earlier this fall on uh, the the number of outstanding scores that are coming back this year and guys like Parker Nielsen and Quan Jackson and, um, you know, Isaac Lindsay and Trey Zastro and Aiden Clary. I mean, these guys have put up some huge numbers uh, in their in their three year prep career heading into this year. Um, and it's it's almost like uh, with with the changes in high school basketball, what used to be a huge milestone of a thousand points, I think we could almost bump that up to fifteen hundred points now in boys basketball because of the the increase in the number of games played per season, plus the changeover from uh, you know four eight minute quarters to two. Uh, 18 minute halves, uh, you know, that that's four more minutes a game. And then of course, uh, the other big change from, it's been in place for a while now, but the three point shot, uh, wasn't around, you know, back in the seventies and, uh, through some of the eighties. So, um, you know, to me now the, the bigger milestone is, is scoring 1500 points. I don't think anyone's going to catch Anthony Peeper and take over as their state's all time leading score, but Quan Jackson, if he has a good solid senior season has a chance to move into the top uh, five, uh, and that hasn't been done for quite some time. So uh, those are some other things to keep an eye on this year. All right. Great stuff, as always, Mark. Looking forward to uh, getting the season underway, just like uh, Mark had mentioned earlier. And like we talk about every year, just like the players uh, you know, have, have been building to this point and getting ready and training and getting everything going in the offseason, in the preseason, et cetera. Uh, we, and especially Mark, have been working on getting things ready uh, to, to go, getting the site set up, getting content posted, and of course the, uh, the Bible for high school basketball, the Wisconsin Basketball Yearbook, which is still available for purchase, correct, Mark? Yes, and we are at over 200 stores right now. The best way to get it is just to go to the, the store in your area um, and pick it up on the newsstand, and we have a complete listing of those stores on WBBY.com. Um, because we're running very low on, on copies on hand to, to ship through mailing. So I would encourage people, if they want to get the yearbook, to, to go to their local uh, Piggly Wiggly or wherever. They're available at so many different locations now um, that you can buy them there. All right. So make sure you check that out. Always have it uh, around. Uh, you know, I, I have mine going back 15 or more years before I started working at WSN even. Uh, recall looking at it when I was in high school. Uh, so great work is always there, Mark. We're excited to get the season underway. We're looking forward to uh, getting to the games, getting to the action. 
Not a ton of games tonight, but there are some holiday tournaments this weekend that will get things going, and then really in earnest as the calendar flips over to December next week. He is Mark Miller, our boys basketball writer at Wisports.net. I am Travis Wilson, the general manager at WSN. This has been a Wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.